this is week four of our series, yeah, Stay Positive, and uh, I'm excited because this is probably my favorite sermon that we're going to do of it, and uh, I think it's because it's a lot of the core truths uh, of this church and people that are in this church and people who help start this church, um, and, and, and hopefully even about my life, I hope it's a truth, uh, but it's just a core principle. We're going to talk about faithfulness. Uh, you can stay positive through adversity. You can stay positive through seasons. Uh, a lot of people, it's, I was watching, uh, uh, we were supposed to be down in Alabama for one of our ARC church planning conferences, and uh, we ended up not going, so I watched a lot of it on simulcast. And it seems like the catchy thing to say in ministry right now as you sign off is like, blah, 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 the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come. And I remember hearing a pastor once say, the best is yet to come, but the worst is along the way. I mean, you know, that's actually like feels true at times. Like I believe the best is yet to come, but somebody didn't tell me that along the way there's going to be some bumps in the road and there's going to be some things. But what do we do in that? How can we stay positive? Well, the scripture promises you that if you just stay faithful, if you just stay on your way, if you just stay pressing towards the best that's to come, God will reward you. Amen. And so uh, looking back at the last couple of weeks, we looked at the importance of staying positive. We learned that people rise or fall to the level of your praise. You talk about people down here in a negative way, that's all they get to. But if you're constantly praising people about up here, that's what they get to. We saw that people learn nine times faster through encouragement. And so you shouldn't put a finger in somebody's face and tell them what they aren't. We should be getting in people's face and telling them what they are and what they can be. Amen. How much more should the church be saying, hey, I believe in you. You can make it. You can do it. But unfortunately, our culture has established, man, we like the negativity. It gets the most views. It gets the most clicks. Our, our news is filled up with the negative story. Unfortunately, for us, you know, this positive thing, it's hard to do. And, uh, but I believe this, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And a lot of people go, oh, the joy of the Lord is so that I can have strength and I can be strong. But I believe it like this. I believe that the joy of the Lord is an attribute or a strength that we have as Christians to use in our communities. We can walk into the darkness and we can walk into depression and we can go, hey, God has given me the joy and we can change atmospheres. Amen. So it's an attribute that we have. It's important for us to stay positive because God's given us joy to use. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, he said, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And it says, An evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what's in there is going to come out. In Proverbs at the end of the scripture, 23.7, it says, As he thinketh in his heart, so he is. So what you let in your heart, what you let in your mind is what's going to come out. That's what you'll produce. So that's why you can't let negativity fester. You can't let negativity stay about coworkers and bosses and family members and other people. You have to live in a way that you're, you're ridding yourself of this negativity. Amen. And here's how you can do it. You can stay positive, not based on your feelings, but you can live a life that is positive based on what God says about you. It's not your positivity is not made up by your scenario. Your positivity is determined by what God says and, and feels about you. Amen. Nobody has ever lived a positive life with a negative attitude. You'll never see the positive results you want in your life if you're allowing negativity to rule. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You could say, and we looked at this a couple weeks ago, you could say, so do not throw away your positive confidence or your positiveness in the things of God because if you hold on to it, it will be richly rewarded. If you just stay faithful in your confidence in the things of God, those things will be rewarded. Amen. 
And so a lot of people, the best is yet to come, and I believe that, the best is yet to come. A lot of people have negative things to say about church and its culture and, and where Christianity is headed, but I believe we haven't even begun to see the incredible things that God's about to outpour. Amen? Not just here, but just in, in church. And so, uh, yes, the best is yet to come, but along the way, it takes something. It takes something to advance it and to promote it. And so there's a story, and not a lot of people know, but there was a 13th disciple added after Judas hung himself. And so the scripture says that uh, there was this whole process about choosing this 13th disciple after Judas hung himself. And we're going to take a look at it. But I want to encourage you in this about faithfulness. Ephesians chapter 3, it says all of these seasons, 20-some seasons is mentioned. There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. There's a time to do this. There's a time to this. There's all these times and seasons that it mentions. But it never mentions once that there's a time to quit. It never says, hey, there's a season where you should just hold back. And there's a season where you should be a quitter and let yourself be taken out. The scripture says all of these seasons will happen, but quitting is not one of the things that you should do in the seasons. Amen? So we got to be people that stay faithful. What is faithful? It's people who are full of faith. And whatever your situation you go into, you go into that thing full of faith. I don't know if I'm qualified enough. I don't know if I'm going to ever understand it. I don't know if I'm ever going to be comfortable in that. But if you walk into it full of faith, God, make me full of faith. It helps you be faithful. Amen? And so the scripture talks about how they're choosing this 13th disciple. And it's found, we won't read it, but it's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 20 through 26. And it says that it comes down to two people. So the disciples are talking about adding this other person. And it comes down to two people and they're having this conversation about who to choose. And the scripture says that they said their prayer to God was, Lord, you know the hearts of men which I think is awesome because it didn't say, Lord, you know the actions of these men. That's a good place to say amen, right? It says that God chooses us and rewards us based on our heart because we like to look at actions. We love to judge negative actions. We love to judge people that are... And so it says, Lord, you know the hearts of these men. And then it says, help us decide because apostleship, they were getting ready to choose and name an apostle. Apostleship was the highest form that you could carry in the New Testament. It's the highest level that you could be. And so they're praying, Lord, uh, you know their hearts. You know who we should choose. And so there's this guy called Matthias. Some call him Matthias. There's all these different, but Matthias is what we'll say today. There's this guy, Matthias, and he's mentioned by Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, and he's only mentioned one time. So here's this guy. He's only mentioned one time, and the scripture says that they're praying, Lord, you know the hearts of men. We're going to decide this based on the hearts and who they are. And notice it didn't say that the qualifications were based on how good he sings, how good of sermons he preaches, what school he went to, how much he knows about leadership, what his bank account is, all of this family history. None of that stuff mattered. The scripture says, they said, Lord, you know what their hearts are. And then the second qualification that he needed is it said, we need somebody, the scripture says, that has been in and out with Jesus. And the translation of it is somebody who's been here and there with Jesus, somebody who's gone with Jesus the whole road. It says literally, we need somebody who is there for his bap- Jesus' baptism through the resurrection. What was the qualification? They just needed somebody who's been faithful. It didn't matter where they came from, what the background was. They're saying, hey, we're going to make this 13th apostle. We're going to put this person in here. And the thing that matters the most is that he has faithfulness, what? In his heart is really what it was. 
Because you can be faithful to something and your heart not be in it. Well, that's a whole nother sermon, amen. But it says that his heart was what they looked at and his faithfulness. We needed somebody who's been there with us, who's traveled in and out and been here and there. The scripture isn't meaning it like, well, he's been here a little and there a little. Scripture says he's been here and there with Jesus. He's been here and there with us. He's gone in and out. He's just been someone who's been there and stayed faithful and grinded it out. Amen. The scripture says, essentially, he's chosen through faithfulness and his availability. He was someone who just stayed available to the move of God, to the work of Jesus. I hope it's said about my life. Boy, that was somebody who just stayed available to the work of God, whatever God wanted to do. They didn't live distracted. They didn't live in a way. They lived available. Amen. The scripture says this, that he was a person who uh, most scholars believe that he traveled with them and he built their campfires. Now, listen, you got to remember Peter, Paul, all, all of these miracles, all the things that we read about are happening in all of this travel. So every time they show up in a city, it's celebrity like thousands of people following all these people following Jesus. And so this guy, Matthias, he's walking around. And when they get into a town, people are looking for Peter and they're looking for Paul. And, and here's Matthias going with them, traveling here and there, going in and out with Jesus, always there. And the scholars are saying he just built campfires or he got travel put together, which means he went to old barns and he said, hey, you know. Can you clean the donkey's feet? Can you do the thing? So he, and they also said he was crowd control. He was also somebody who helped manage the crowds. What is he? he he's somebody who's helping do setup. He's putting out chairs. Somebody say amen. And, and so all these, you know, oh, is that, that's Peter. We heard that you did this. Oh, that's Paul. We heard that you did that. And so everybody's talking about that. But here's Matthias over here, just being faithful, just building campfires, just preparing the work for the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. Jesus. I'm just preparing your fire so that you can do a move. Jesus, I'm just preparing your travel so that God can move. How, I wish it would be said about this church that we're just a whole bunch of faithful people saying, I'm just over here building something so that God can move. I'm just over here putting, I'm being faithful to this thing. I'm putting out chairs. I'm helping with the kids. I'm doing all these things so that we can see a move in the body of Christ. Amen. Because then God says, hey, that's who we should choose because they were just with us. They were faithful. Amen. So about him, he wasn't the most known he was just somebody who was faithful. We always look at talent and we always look at, well, who should we choose to be in the thing? How much scripture knowledge do they have? Do they have the ability to prophesy? And God is saying, do they have faithfulness in their heart? Are they willing to just stay committed to me? God always rewards faithfulness. He who is too big to do little things is too little to ever do big things. He who is too big to do little things is too little to ever do big things. Scripture says, that you can stay positive, you can stay faithful because God is rewarder. Literally in scripture, it says you give a cup of a cold water to a child and he'll reward you for that. It's in the Bible. So from baptism to resurrection, he went in and out with Jesus. He was here and there. He just stayed by him. And the one thing that I've learned is it's real easy to be faithful when Jesus is in. So we come into church and Jesus is in and the worship is great and we're getting a goosebump and you come to church and the atmosphere of Jesus is in and it feels good. But what happens when you go home and Jesus is out? Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus, he'll never leave you or forsake you. God never leaves us. Or but you just get in seasons where you're like, Jesus has left the building today. Amen. I'm just, I just, I'm, amen. What's your faithfulness when Jesus is out? Or are we always looking for the goosebump? Or Here's what I've learned in church planning in three years. There's a huge problem in current Christianity, and it's this. 
we have way too many greenhouse Christians. They only want to bloom and thrive in perfect environments. I'll say yes to that. I'll do that. I'll do that only if you keep everything perfect for me. I don't want no wind. I don't want no trial. I don't, you know, I just want the sun to be perfect, the humidity to be perfect. I don't ever want to grind anything out. I just want to stay in this perfect greenhouse environment of Christianity. That's not how it works. Amen. The scripture said that we're called to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Plows are hard things. A plow is required when you have to get into the hard ground, in the dirty ground, and you have to turn some things over. What do you turn over in your life? You turn over some bad habits. You turn over some bad thinking, some things that need to be uprooted. Amen. You know that the plow is not self-propelled. Can I tell you that? As much as we'd love to say, oh, God's called me to put my hand to the plow and it's got a nice self-propel and I just walk behind it and I'm listening to my iTunes and my, oh no, that's not how it works. You put your hand to the plow and you don't look back. Why don't you look back? Because when we look back, we look back at what we want to quit to. We say, oh, maybe I should go back there. And if I quit this, I would go back to the, God has called us to stay faithful and remain, and he rewards that. Amen? So we see about this guy that he, he just stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. And I've seen so many people win in the kingdom of God because they just, they just kept going. They just kept staying forward. I've seen people, when I say healed, I mean healed emotionally, healed of the struggle that they were going through. And how did they do it? They just limped their way in. They just kept going forward. They just refused to lose. Amen? And, and that's all it takes. God's just looking for faithfulness. God's just looking for us to, to just not quit and push the plow and grind forward. There's going to be times where you don't understand it and you can't figure it out, and you can, but just stay faithful to what God has called us. Amen? We have too many hit, skip, and miss Christians. I want a little of this and a little of this. And you're just making cocktail Christianity. And that, that might taste good and this might think that it, but God has called us, put our hand to the plow and be faithful. Amen. The highest call in the New Testament was apostleship. And he got it because he was there through the in and the out and through the here and through the there. You could say it like this. Matthias didn't have blockout dates in his planning center. <laughs> you would say this, Matthias didn't miss any volunteer leadership meetings. And that's not you guys, that's first service. I'm not talking to you guys. <laughs> you know I said that in first service about you guys. <laughs> but Matthias was a person who was there. People say, why do you care so much about me being at church every week? You just want to have a full house? You just want to have a full... No, I want you to be able to look back over the years and say, I was there. I was faithful. I was around the move of God. I was around the body of Christ. I get it. Life happens. I am not about to get up here and tell, control people, call people. Notice you weren't at church. <laughs> that is not my heart at all. You know that. But I also know that I've seen people make it because they were just there. Somebody say amen. So here's Matthias. And he's in his life and he's living and, and he's walking with Jesus here, there, in, out. He's with him. And people say, he gets to a town, hey, I've heard that story about that Lazarus guy after four days getting up from the dead. That never really happened. And Matthias can go, well, actually, I was there. I was with him. Well, what about all those demons that got cast out and they said that there was that whole thing? And that never happened. He's like, well, actually, I was there. I was there for that. Why is it important for you to be around the body of Christ and so involved and go to Bible study and go to a group and be, because you want to be a people who can say, I remember when the marriage was broken. 
and they stayed faithful. I want to remember what I remember when they felt like they were losing the business, but they stayed faithful. And I was there and I saw God pull them through. Somebody say amen. It's important that we be there. A man with an experience is greater than a man with an argument. The world wants to come at you about God and about Christianity, and they want to come at you with their argument. You know what shuts down an argument? When you can share your experience. Somebody say amen. Well, this is how God delivered me. This is what I saw happen in my life. We used to struggle like this and it used to be like this. But then when we got around the body of Christ and we just stayed there, all of a sudden God brought me to this. Amen. Do I want you here every week? Absolutely. Do I want you serving? Do I want you plugged in? Yes, because the more that we can be here, the more you have testimony about what God. Amen. So the older that I get, I think I offended first service the way I said it. But the older I get, the more I like old people. (laughs) And I didn't say any better this service. And here's why. The older generations before us, they've lived this. Like when the scripture says I was young and I was old and I never saw the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous gone begging for bread. What it's saying is I've seen a few things. I was there and I know God's not going to leave you. Somebody say amen. So I like them because when I share my dreams. When I talk about what God wants to do and when I talk about vision, I always see the old generation and say, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Why? Because they've been there and they've seen God do some incredible things. Amen. This young generation, they're too quick to quit on things because they haven't seen, they haven't been there. Hit, skip and miss. Christianity is not going to produce what God is looking for. Amen. Faithfulness produces reward. Amen. I'll close with this. The best is yet to come. You can stay positive because God has reward for you. The best is yet to come. Yes, amen. Is the worst along the way? Sometimes. But God notices faithfulness and he rewards it. He notices your heart and he notices that you've been in and out with God, that you've been here and there, that you've been sticking to it. You're not hit, skip and miss. You're somebody who's committed to what God is doing. And I'm not just talking about church attendance. I'm talking about God calls you to go love on somebody in your community. And you could hit, skip, and miss that opportunity to be obedient. But instead, you say, I'm faithfully going to respond to the voice of God. And I'm going to give, and I'm going to help, and I'm going to love, and I'm going to listen. Amen? we got to be people faithful. So the best is yet to come, and God has reward for us. But I love this. Revelation 21.14 says that there's 12 foundations on the wall in heaven. It says that there's 12 12 foundations. And it says the name of the disciples are written on every single one. So you have Peter preaching these great sermons and Paul, all these miracles in his life. And you have the New Testament written by these guys. You have all these great accolades. But do you know who else is on that foundation? Matthias. And you know what his thing is? He was here and there with Jesus. He went there. He stayed faithful. He was faithful. As much as I would love to say, oh, isn't it wonderful that we preach a sermon and we saw somebody healed and we saw these. That's wonderful. But I pray about my life and my tombstone is, man, his heart was right. And he was faithful. Amen. I pray about this church. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles and we want to see all those great things. But what a testimony it would be if God could say about Vertical Church and its people, hey, their heart is right and they are just faithful. 
they just went here and there where God led them. And they just, they didn't leave. They didn't hit, skip and miss. They stayed obedient to what God called us to. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season, if you don't give up, you will reap your reward. There's always a reward to faithfulness.